So what do you got for me? So usually we play a game at the end of our episodes. Correct. While this is not so much a game, more of a thought exercise. <laughs> I told you. Okay. I told you. Careers counselor. I told you. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 5, 10, and 15 years? What are your strengths? You're waiting for a train. Yeah. A oh train that'll take you very far. <laughs> James and Philippa are waiting. Inception Horrifying, 2010, yeah. Christopher Nolan. Um, I was thinking, I, I told you a few days ago, I was like, I want you to think about movie cameos. Mm. The good ones, the bad ones. Sure. I didn't say anything specific. I wanted you to just have some of them yeah. bubbling up into your frontal lobes. Okay. And I, I, you know, I was thinking a lot about films and ways which you can talk about them. And the film cameo, film cameos are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And some of them are great and some of them are bad. Right. And I wanted to hopefully by the end of today, go through some of the all time famous, yeah. I've obviously got them all because in the interest of time, but some of the famous film cameos, yeah. especially mm -hmm. in some of the films we, we think about, some of the actors that have turned up in them. And I want us to say whether or not they worked, yeah. why they didn't. And I hope by the end of this, we can go, what is a good way to use a film cameo? Yeah, and what great. is just a horrible, distracting, yeah. flash in a film that just takes you out of the experience, yeah. right? So I'm going to start listing off some films. Sure. I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen them or aware of them, or maybe I'll surprise you with, with some of them. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going to start with, at least for in recent film history, the king of the, the movie Cameo, which is, of course, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I've got three films on here. Yeah. I know he's done more. But the three films I put on for his Cameo was Interstellar, which yeah. I know isn't a cameo. It's almost an extended cameo. It's an extended yeah. cameo. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Which I thought was a good one. Yeah. And do you remember the film Unsane yes, with yes, Claire Foy? Yes. So uh, I'm going to start with Unsane. Right. Unsane is a film um, starring Steve, Claire Foy. Yeah. Who is it again? It was Steven Soderbergh's Steven film. Soderbergh. He shot it all on an iPhone. Shot it all on an iPhone. And it's, you know, set in a... It's like a psychological thriller. Yeah. She, she gets admitted in... She has a stalker. She gets admitted into a mental asylum and her stalker is running the asylum or something. Like, yeah. Really Very kind of like gothic stuff. overtones, yeah. All shot on like fairly wide angles, fairly CCTV like, but quite ridiculous. Film, Matt actually. Damon makes the most distracting oh, cameo God, about yeah. two thirds of the way through. And yeah. me and George went, actually went to a press screening of that. And it, we, I remember laughing yeah. out loud because I could not believe. A guffaw, yeah. Because like, there are moments, Matt Damon is a, a top, top, top yeah, A-list yeah, star. Absolutely. And if he's in your movie, if, if it's a Jason Bourne film, you go, that's fine. It's not Matt Damon, it's yeah. Jason Bourne. I'm in to see Jason Bourne. Yeah. But when he turns up sometimes, yeah. like in the first five minutes he's in Interstellar, I'm like, Matt Damon's in this movie. Yeah. That's Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, and eventually we, yeah. we get warmed up into it. But talk, talk about some well, of those. Well, okay, well, so ones. first of all, Unsane, it doesn't work because basically it's a flashback to uh, Claire Foy's character going through the safety procedures to protect her from the stalker and you have this like voice um, describing all the measures she has to take mm. which is very serious and it's the voice of a policeman and, and, and then it suddenly cuts and you're looking at this policeman and it's Matt Bloody Damon <laughs> and it's so distracting because you're like I'm That's meant to be Matt focusing Damon. on this horrible experience this character is having it, have, having and and he's meant to be just playing a nondescript policeman and it's like Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon. And then he's off screen and your, and your brain is, is distracted. For Interstellar, I think it just about works because not only is it longer than a cameo, it's a slightly extended cameo, but they build up to the fact of his character. They say, oh, Dr. Man was the one of the best of us. One of the best. So there is this kind of like celebrity aura around him. So when it is someone like Matt Damon, you're like, okay, I, I, can, I can get with it that. It still hits you though when you see yeah. it. You're like, oh. 
but, and Thor Ragnarok probably works the best because he it's like the, that is the joke it's like oh the, the, this actor he's playing he's playing one a, a theatre actor in Asgard and that film is so much more fun and yeah. quirky and skittish than all the other ones yeah are. it's like you think you know what's happening well guess what that's Matt, that's Matt Damon Sam Neill and, uh, it, yeah, and it, one of the Hemsworths in Thor there. Ragnarok there's a scene when uh, Thor returns to Asgard yeah. after Loki's taken control of it and he's doing like a sort of old folk play version yeah. of the events of the previous films yeah. and playing uh, Odin is Matt Damon no Loki is Matt Damon yeah. playing uh, it's Sam Neill is Odin yeah, yeah. it's very uh, you know he's in the next really well. as well oh I'm sure yeah. anyway I thought Matt Damon the Matt Damon well, 3 those two, are, two oh, things on that you've missed out one very famous I'm not, Matt Damon yeah, Gary did you remember Eurotrip yes there's Scotty doesn't know yeah and that was that was good because that's like peak Matt Damon he was still really hot and fresh and Eurotrip is, is quite a small trashy film yeah. <laughs> has some laughs in it I'll, I won't deny yeah. but um, and then he, he turns up for just as a punk skinhead yes. and does this this, this breakup song um, but he was on Mark Maron recently talking about um, how, how he turns up in everything oh, right, as yeah, yeah. and he just said it's because I love to act it's like if it, it's the thing I want to be doing in my spare time I love it so much I'm happy just to turn up for five minutes and do it so and I thought good on you Matt yeah I started with those three because I thought yeah. good use yeah very bad use and kind of an in-between where yeah. there's something there's a bit of a shock factor to distract in the beginning but it eventually works and yeah. I think Matt Damon was really good in Interstellar I thought, I thought yeah, it really worked. yeah yeah it worked um there's two others I wanted to put to you. Yeah. These are directors turning up in their movies. Okay. Obviously, this happens a lot of, of the course, time. But two I wanted to bring up is Quentin Tarantino at the end of Django Unchained and then M. Night Shyamalan at the end of The Village. Okay, well, I... Okay, okay all right. Well, just let me just stop in The Village because I have seen The Village, mm. but only once a long time ago. And from what I've heard recently, if you go back and rewatch that, it holds up really, it really does. well. The Village does hold up. And I it would, was a meme for a long so, time. So actually, I would like to go back and rewatch that. So let's not talk about that. But, but yeah. M. Night Shyamalan does turn up in Unbreakable and he also turns up in Glass, like, which was so... I think, I think in all of his films. Okay, well, he's in Lady in the Water But he, well. he can't act. And he's, no, and he's not very good. And, and it's just so distracting. And the camera really lingers on him. Anyway... <laughs> For, for, for as good as he can act, he gets far too much time on, on the... Gotcha. You can tell in the editing room, he's like, no, 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 hold yeah. that shot a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's me. Quentin Tarantino and Django Unchained. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think I've seen that also, film about Quentin three... Tarantino turns up in his movies. Okay, so when he's in Reservoir Dogs, that's yeah. fine. I think that character was... Mr. Brown, who he plays, was originally meant to be Mr. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi, and they yeah. just switched, switched it around. So he, he kind of works in that, in that film because he's barely in it. I don't mind him in Pulp Fiction where he plays the, you know, the guy with the coffee. It ain't the coffee yeah. in my cup, okay? Yeah. Um, and he always does the same kind of guy. Yeah, really. well, he can't really act. No. He's just, he's just, he's just, he is just a character in real life. You know what he can so, do? He can be enthusiastic on camera. Yeah. That's what he can do. It's not bad. No. He can, he can deliver a line really intently. Yeah. And, so, and go, that's for, why I like it. For the specific character, it's fine. But then when he turns up playing an Australian <laughs> at the end of Django Unchained, it's so distracting. So, oh. And that's a, that's a long film. Oh, and I think, yeah, I think, was tedious, I, I think it's that brilliant bit. that yeah. the last act, I think, oh, yeah. doesn't end when you think it does and it keeps yeah. going. And then to have... Tarantino yeah. coming at the end. You're like, is it we starting fun. a new Yeah, what's going on? Film? Yeah. 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 Just to get the Tarantino in it. So so that doesn't work. And I'm glad he wasn't in uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um the other th well, you mentioned a director going into a film. Mm. Have you seen Manchester by the Sea? Yeah. Right. There's a scene in that where um How have I seen Manchester by the Sea? <laughs> okay, there's a scene that by Kenneth Lonergan, who's the director, yeah. turns up because Casey Affleck and Lucas Hedges are walking towards the car, and Casey Affleck like tell something like hurry the fuck up or something like that yeah. and Kenneth Lonergan walks past and says a oh, nice language and um, they get into this altercation this fight and then it's just this argument and then Kenneth Lonergan walks away so it's meant to be just like a random fight with a stranger it's quite amusing but Kenneth Lonergan walks away and then the camera like 
breaks away and just follows Kenneth, Kenneth Onigan for about five seconds on his own, like, like he's in his own little just film. To really give it time. And then it cuts back to Casey Affleck. And I was just like, I, the fact that you lingered on yourself makes me know that you're the director. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I think P Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings films does the brief cameo that works. He's only ever on it for a, a second. Right. But he'll oh, be a yeah, he'll be the carrot man. Right. Yeah. And he, yeah. He do, he's done a lot of them, but he doesn't. He doesn't waste time with it. Actually, a bit, more, a bit of an extended cameo. But in Manchester by the Sea, when Matthew Broderick turns up, do you remember oh, that yeah. Matthew Broderick? And because he, he Kenneth Longer are good friends, and he's like, he plays uh, Lucas Hedges' mum's step boy, 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 husband, boyfriend, yeah, partner. Yeah, 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 I completely forgot about that. And it's just like, I mean, he's flagged at the credits at the beginning. It's like, and Matthew Broderick, but he tells me like, oh, yeah, Ferris, Ferris, Ferris Bueller. You know, and I like Matthew Broderick. I always enjoy his presence. Example of a distracting cameo. Yeah, but perfect. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Because like, oh, okay, okay. I'm just saying, and I'm like, are you going to be in? Are you going to be in the? Are you going to be in this more? Yeah. No. Uh, moving into some weird and wonderful ones. I love this. Right, bring it. Um, Die Another Day. I know we were talking about James Bond uh, a couple of weeks ago. Madonna in Die Another Day. Yeah. Obviously, explain explain what was she is she a fencer in it? She yeah, there's this whole um fencing sequence in the movie where they where him and Gustav Graves Bond and Gustav Graves, the enemy, start fencing. And then it's like, how about we up the sticks, shall we? Let's do it like the old ways. First blood drawn from the torso. And he like whips off some swords from the from the wall at the night, the night realm, and they start having the most insane fight around like what looks like a very posh fencing club and madonna for some reason yeah. is like running this little fencing club which, and she's in it yeah. and obviously she does the, the song yeah. for die another day which is how, how she got the in but again distracting like, it is distracting because madonna, madonna is like super famous and like you know and she has all these knowing looks with bond like there's a backstory but she doesn't come back again or it, not, none yeah. of the lingering knowing looks it's become literally relevant. i've done the theme tune i want to be in the movie just, or you've done pouting. the theme tune you need to be in the movie yeah yeah but like you know adele wasn't in skyfall <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Billy Eilish wasn't in no time yeah, to die. Yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. Um, right, this is a good one. All right. Donald Trump in Home Alone 2. Yeah. So yeah. even though, try to forget the Donald Trump we know today, right? Just yeah. try, really try mm -hmm. and erase that. Mm -hmm. Forget what we think about Donald Trump. Yeah. I think an effective cameo is <laughs> it doesn't waste your time. <laughs> okay. And it makes sense for the film. And you're like... Donald Trump. Okay, in the context of seeing that in like 1992, yeah. I believe, uh, as an audience member, the idea that he's asking for directions because he's lost New York and he asks this person who he thinks is a stranger but actually turns out to be a very famous New Yorker. Yes. You know what? In uh, that time. In that time, in that context. Also, he's a New York businessman in that kind of hotel. It establishes the kind of hotel it is. It, you're right. As a functioning cameo. You know what? That is a very effective cameo. Now, given the last oh, few years, whoa. incredibly distracting, yeah. unavoidable. You yeah. cannot not comment on that's Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah. that man. You can't not comment on it. But at the time, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what you want Donald yeah. Trump to do in yeah. this life. <laughs> And I just saw that on a. This was like, yeah, that's a really that's weird a really one good that's point. Worth discussing, um, Mike Myers in Inglorious Bastards. Right, yeah, I love, I love that because that was also at the time when Mike Myers' career had basically gone gone to shit. He made The Love Guru, which is an appalling, oh, seen appalling it. film. Yeah, really, really, and like he was basically put in movie jail, which is understandable. I think he's out now. He's out of movie, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's out of a Bohemian Rhapsody. He's Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. yeah, that was on my list as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, Mike Myers. And, see, the Bohemian Rhapsody one makes sense because it's the comment of the way he was a larger-than-life character as well. That is the well, biggest is amount of nuance there is in that film. Yeah. Um, but in, uh, in, in Glorious Bastards, I also think it works because he's, he's famous for playing a uh, horrible caricatured stereotype of a Brit with Austin Powers, right? Yeah. And here he is again playing what could be like Austin Powers' father yeah. in, in, in the wartime. And... Uh, 
and it kind of works. You've got Churchill sitting in the corner of the room. And yeah. I, I think it works. Effective. I think it's very effective. This is a weird one. Because you, you, we've got a mixture here. There's actors cameoing as characters. Yes. And there's people cameoing as themselves. Oh, yes. I've got one for you as well. Yeah, go on. Well, this is, this is, this is really the, the fuck, uh, head fuck of a one. Yeah. Pardon my language. But it's in Ocean's 12 when Julia Roberts, as Tess, the character, has to pretend to be Julia Roberts. Oh God, I don't yeah. remember that. That film is not a good film, and they run out yeah. of ideas. And they're like, "Oh, let's, let's have this scene where um, Matt Damon is literally like, I think she, you know, don't you think she looks like Julia Roberts?" And then she has to, and and and, and, and as an audience member, you're like, uh, "Your brain's doing the homework." So hang on, so she's Julia Roberts, but she's not Julia Roberts, but she's played by Julia Roberts. Anyway, it's like in uh, Avengers when uh, Robert Downey makes a reference to Jeff Bridges yeah. when Jeff Bridges plays yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Obadiah State yeah, in the first yeah. one. You're like, ah, oh, this doesn't make sense. But <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. it anyway. Uh, speaking of Avengers, Joe Russo in the beginning of Avengers Endgame in the in the yeah there was the grief the, circle the, the grief circle run by Captain America uh, wasn't distracting because um, I don't know I, I don't know what either, didn't know what either of the Russos looked like right. and he was effective enough he was you know I would have believed that was it was, it was a strangely um, sort of emotional cameo yeah like it, it, I'd love to hear like the reasoning behind it I've not really looked into it but it's one of those he has this really yeah. uh, heart wrenching line about losing his loved one you're yeah. like. There you go, Joe Russo. Get in your movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Maybe, maybe somebody fell out that day, or maybe um, he just thought I wrote this really emotional beat. I'd like to deliver it. Yeah. Well, this no next one is a great, weird, and wonderful go one. On. The Prestige. Oh yeah, I love this one. Oh, I love it. I love it's, it. It's so oh, good. Obviously. Okay, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love The Prestige. Uh, one of my love uh, the one of my favorite films, and I've seen it so many times. And you're watching this film, and you will be having a good time because it is a great time. Fantastic you're halfway through. You've got human ja Hugh Jack human Jackman. Human Jack <laughs> You've got Hugh Jackman doing his thing. You've got Christian Bale doing his thing. And just when you think this film can't get any weirder, stranger, better, David Bowie walks in <laughs> as Nikola Tesla. As Nikola Tesla. And gives a brilliant performance. Brilliant performance, slightly dodgy accent. But, yeah. but also, have you heard Christopher Nolan's reasoning for that? No, go on. He was like, Nikola Tesla was such a pioneer and avant-garde figure in his day and age. Yeah. With, you know, so ahead of his time, he needed someone or wanted someone who captured that kind of vision. And he was like, David Bowie is, is like the Nikola Tesla of our age. Yeah. Like, we, we need that kind of cultural figure to come in and play him. And David Bowie was like, yeah, sure. He had that like half mid-stare visionary look to him where he, he could understand things that we couldn't even under, like think of understanding yet. Yes, Mr. Angier. Have you considered the cost? Uh, price is not an object. No, but have you considered the cost? <laughs> <laughs> and Andy Serkis, like his little yeah, as Eli, yeah. the guy. Yeah. Also, I mean, Andy Andy Serkis. That just referencing what we talked about last week. Mm. Guy's good in everything. Oh, Andy's fantastic. He turns up, he delivers. He fantastic. commits. Um, yeah, I love that about uh, Bowie being in that. Yeah. Okay, this is a very different one. Daniel Craig in The Force Awakens. Yeah, plays a stormtrooper. Plays right? a stormtrooper there. Yeah, um, he has a couple of lines. You know what? I'm fine with that because that was one of those things that uh, you're not aware. It doesn't distract you when you watch it first time. When you're aware of it the second time, it's like a neat little thing. And you read the story behind it. He was shooting Bond over this, uh, yeah. on the opposite soundstage and they walked in. And he, um, Apparently he asked to be like in it barely. Yeah. He literally yeah. asked, I just want to do anything. And yeah. he said, and J.J. Abrams gave him a whole scene. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but, it's, but it's great. And when you, when you listen back, you're, oh, that is Daniel Craig yeah. in there. Um, yeah, that works. That's a good one. He's always like, I never got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Probably made about 80 million yeah, per yeah. Bond film. Uh, I'm going to do, I think, we've got, we've got plenty, but I don't want it to go on okay. for too long. Last, last one, Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street. Yes, which is a weird one. Yes. But I thought, really good. Right. 
21 Jump Street used to be a TV series and they rebooted it and made it into films with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Yeah. In this film with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, there is an, uh, a biker gang and one of the biker gangs strips his makeup off and it turns out to be Johnny Depp and one of the other actors who used to be in the TV series. Johnny Depp used to be in 21 Jump Street, the TV series. Yeah. So he turns up in character as his old character from Jump Street with this other guy who also used to be in Jump Street and then they get shot. And it's like a real huge guns pointing at people, yeah. action sequence, very intense dialogue. Yeah. And it's all just there. It's Johnny Depp. And you're like, wow, yeah, that's yeah. full on. Yeah, and he get, he's in prosthetics, then he takes the prosthetics off. There's definitely a difference between, just to wrap this up, between an actor coming in to play a part, sort of yeah. leaning more towards Interstellar, and like an extended cameo piece like yeah. the Johnny Depp yeah. and uh, the, what was the other one? Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, where it's like, you know the audience is going to react to this, but not because it's who the character is, but because it is this famous face. It's yes. this famous person, yeah. So so what what would you say, look, George, you, you get to decide all films going forward. It's a, a, anytime someone's going to have a cameo, they go, yeah. well, we have to give George a call and, and okay. he needs to give the approval right. of yes or no. Sure. What are the rules, the guidelines, the parameters for effective cameo use? I'd say short, sweet, and discreet. Mm. I'd say you keep it tight and it's, and it's a nice, rewarding... Um, wink to the audience and any and then if any audience member doesn't get it then they won't feel excluded if any audience member doesn't enjoy it then it's over quickly you can move on with the film and it doesn't disrupt the verisimilitude of the film okay Lovely word and i hope you have like a whole pamphlet on just how to use matt damon yeah <laughs> yeah one. matt you have different rules okay <laughs> matt's look he's like can i can i can i be in it i, I think also the tone of the film is is, is vital oh, like i said huge. like it like with unsane he completely derails it you so need I to be screened the film entirely. short sweet and discreet baby there you go do, do you remember michael jackson in men in black 2 i want to be agent m <laughs> i can be m yeah yeah